Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly abundantly overflowing joy. I have to chuckle. Last week, I titled my message, Climate Change Theology. And of course, I pre-record my shows. That night on Tucker Carlson, Tucker made a comment about discussing climate change theology. I just thought to myself, Tucker, Tucker, I, I came up with that first. Anyway, tonight's message is titled, A True Minister of the Gospel. And this week, I'm on a more sober note. One of the great ministers of our time recently passed away January 8th. Jack Hayford, the four-square pastor of the Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California, left an incredible legacy. They say he was the Pentecostal gold standard. He wrote over 50 books and composed more than 600 hymns and choruses, including the internationally known and widely recorded song, Majesty. He was best known as Pastor Jack, serving the Church on the Way for over 30 years. Born on June 25, 1934, the infant Hayford was gripped by a life-threatening illness and was miraculously healed through the prayers of friends and family. Later, he was attacked by polio, and church elders anointed him and prayed for his healing. God granted another miracle. These two extraordinary events ignited in Jack's heart a passion for God and convinced him that the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the contemporary church, his ministry website says. Contrary to our preconceptions, God is not economical with healings and miracles, Hayford said. Such wondrous works are frequently attending the proclamation of truth in Jesus' name, and I would say amen to that. Hayford's wife of more than 60 years, Anna, died of pancreatic cancer on March 8, 2017, at the age of 83. He and Anna had four children, Rebecca, Jack III, Mark, and Krista, he married his second wife, Valerie, in 2018. Randy Remington, current president of ICFG, shares his thoughts about Hayford. Pastor Jack was a kingdom ambassador whose influence transcended denominational, generational, and global boundaries. Jack's passion for spirit-filled worship, fervent intercessory prayer, and biblical preaching that revealed Jesus were modeled in his own personal life. He truly embodied the life he invited others into. Pastor Jack lived a life devoted to Jesus, one which he never wavered in or strayed from, he adds. Thousands of pastors found encouragement, inspiration, and lifelong ministry principles through his pastor's schools and conferences his books, songs, and teachings will continue to inspire and mentor generations to come. 
as a four-square pastor, it was always an honor to have his friendship and voice in my life, Remington says. He spoke annually at the church I pastored in Beaverton, Oregon, for nearly 50 years in a row. Times with him will always be remembered and cherished. In our four-square family, we retired his jersey, so to speak. There will never be another Jack Hayford. Glenn Burris, prior president of ICFG, posted on Facebook, Besides my dad, no one impacted me more for the kingdom than Pastor Jack Hayford. I received a call early this morning from his wife, Valerie, that he had peacefully crossed over into his heavenly reward. No one I personally know has impacted the body of Christ more than this man. His commitment to be in the moment with Jesus at all times profoundly influenced me. It was my privilege to serve him when he was the president of the Four Square Church from 2004 to 2009. I loved this man. His legacy lives through the many disciples he left. He will be met, missed. His senior leadership at the Church on the Way left a huge mark on pastoral ministry and spirit-filled leadership. Stephen Strang, founder of Charisma Magazine, had this to say. Over the years, he became a mentor and in many ways my pastor, even though he lived 2,500 miles away. My wife and I considered he was a spiritual covering for Charisma Media. We ran all major decisions by him. Today, I was reflecting that during the 30-year period we considered Hayford pastor, that my wife and I attended four different churches locally. Two of those pastors left the ministry and two of the churches ultimately closed. We are glad that Pastor Jack gave stability to our lives as we led this publishing media ministry. We had a very close and long relationship. I met Hayford in passing at the huge charismatic conference in Kansas City in 1977 when he was just emerging as a national leader and Charisma was only two years old. I arranged to meet him between services at his church on the way in Van Nuys, California, a year or two later when I was on a business trip. Later, Hayford was on the cover of Charisma, telling the incredible story of how a small, four-square church in the San Fernando Valley outside Los Angeles had exploded to where it attracted movie stars and thousands of others who were hungry for the fullness of the Spirit and sitting under Hayford's incredible teaching gift. On my Strang Report podcast, I tell stories about my relationship with Pastor Jack and even how that first meeting between services was in a small room where he had a chair and a small refrigerator, and he could rest waiting for the next service. Well, it was also where they kept the brooms. That let me see that he was humble. He also confronted me about something one of my editors did that he didn't like, but he did it graciously, and I was able to correct the problem. Fast forward five years, we started Ministry Today magazine. Hayford wrote in the first issue and interacted with me in many ways over the years. When Jamie Buckingham, who was the editor, passed away prematurely, 
Hayford agreed to step into a leadership role for 18 months just to help me and the magazine with the transition. Ministry Today became a platform for Hayford, and he stayed in the role 18 years. As time passed, Hayford felt the Lord tell him to start a seminary, which he did, and he invited me and others to serve on that first board. The King's Seminary morphed into the King's University and has moved from Los Angeles to Dallas, Texas, and is now connected to Gateway Church, pastored by Robert Morris. When I was on the board, I saw Pastor Jack when I attended two board meetings a year. He also visited our offices in Orlando, Florida, at least annually. Not only was he one of the greatest men, but he was one of the greatest leaders of the Pentecostal movement. He influenced many people and was considered a mentor and powerful force within the church. From the Roman Catholic Church all the way to traditional Pentecostals, he was known and well-respected. Pastor Jack finished strong at 88 years of age. He ran the race well. There was never a hint of scandal in his many years of ministry. So I pay tribute to a man whom I've never met, but I've sung his song, Majesty, many times when I was on the church worship team. I have a Life in the Spirit Bible that he edited. Today, when so many pastors have fallen from grace or left the ministry for whatever reason, Jack Hayford will be remembered for his authenticity, his integrity, his gift for teaching, and most of all, his passion for Jesus and his passion for people. Thank you, Pastor Jack. Looking forward to seeing you on the other side. I felt it important to share scripture for the rest of this message. And we're going to start with 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, Timothy is a young pastor. Paul is writing to help him kind of set the framework for what's expected of a pastor, what a pastor should do, etc., etc. So I want you to listen carefully because this isn't just for pastors. This is for all of us and, of course, those in ministry as well. Paul starts in chapter 4, 1 Timothy, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. 
but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. But to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. We're going next to 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting with verse 1. Paul says, Let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. He is then proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless, useless wranglings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such, withdraw yourself. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you... O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you, in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, for which he will manifest in his own time, he 
who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Now we're turning over to 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 through 26. You there, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord, not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers, but be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenius and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, 
some for honor, and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition if God, perhaps, will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Down to verse 10. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I've endured. And out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and be assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every work. I find those scriptures to be just so important for us today. See, these scriptures are not just for ministers. Although Paul was writing to Timothy and he was the pastor. But you can see by the things that Paul wrote and that I have just read to you. These are scriptures for all of us because I just read to you all scripture. That means everything I've read to you today, including everything I didn't read to you today. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for four things. It's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof. It's profitable for correction. And it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. Why? Because every person, every woman of God, every man of God, so that we can be complete and mature 
and thoroughly equipped. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out in the scriptures that I read to you, how many times Paul said, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Avoid contentions. Avoid arguments. Why? They generate strife. They generate envy. And that is obviously not walking in the spirit. It's walking in the flesh. So all these scriptures are admonitions to Pastor Timothy and, and to all those who are called to equip the saints, the fivefold ministry of apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, and evangelist. But as I said, all scripture is profitable for every one of us. For it, it, it says it right here in verse 16, chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, because it's profitable for all of those things that we would have correct doctrine, we would be reproved by it, corrected by it, and instructed in righteousness by it. So I would just maybe encourage you to go through First and Second Timothy and just read those chapters again. I think we need to hear the word of God, especially this word in this day, in this time. Um, may we continue to humbly seek the Lord's face and his ways. We should want that when we die and pass on to heaven, that all the things said of Pastor Jack Hayford would be said of us. What a life and what a legacy. Amen. Well, this is Dawn Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this message again. You can certainly download the iHeartRadio app, and then you can go to Pure Heart Ministries podcast and listen 24-7 anytime to the messages. They're all there. And, of course, I... Uh, I'm excited that we are in the new year, in the new year of 2023. So please continue to pray for this ministry. Prayer is of utmost importance. And I want to ask you to continue to please consider helping this ministry financially. You can send a check to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Next week, I'm going to be talking about some prophetic words for this coming year. So I'm really looking forward to being with you. This is Don Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom, peace be unto you.